It's Moment in the Valley, brought to you by High Spots and Cheap Pops. And ladies and gentlemen, this is the Silicon One, Steve Valley, and I am bringing you the Moment in the Valley. It is Saturday, June the 4th, 2022, and we have a lot going on in the world of professional wrestling. We have a pay-per-view this weekend, which I... I don't know. I don't even have any emotion toward it. It has such a great match at the top of the card with Cody and Rollins, but the rest of it is really just a jack-off raw and SmackDown mixed. It's terrible. We're going to get into that, but we have to lead with CM Punk not relinquishing the title, but he will be out for several weeks is my guess. There was no official report. Last night, SmackDown Rampage, back-to-back Friday Night Wrestling. SmackDown was an absolute nothing burger. I'm not even going to go through it. And I can just tell you that the, the shows have been so meh since two weeks ago when RK-Bro lost their titles to the Usos and the Usos unified those titles. Without Roman and Randy on this show, you really are only relying on Cody and Seth. And I'm talking about both shows. I mean, how many times are we going to see Riddle and the Usos battle it? I get it. They're feuding. But we've seen Riddle and the Usos about 25 times the last four weeks. And I'm exaggerating, but it's a lot. And they're good matches. They're good wrestlers. But it's not enhancing the story any more than what we've seen the last two weeks. They are in stall mode. And it's boring. So I'm not even going to go through it. We're going to talk about Rampage, which which was absolutely outstanding. A few hours before CM Punk tweeted a very cryptic message saying, I have a very important announcement. I'm paraphrasing. Tweeting he had a very important announcement he was going to make on Rampage concerning his career and the AEW championship. Very cryptic. You're thinking he's going to be out for a long time. You're thinking it's going to be a major injury. Some said it might have been a little bit of a ratings grab. And I think it will. The Young Bucks led this show off against the Lucha Brothers. They had one of their best matches, as they always do. And the Young Bucks winning the match... And it looks like they're positioning the Bucks to be the next ones against Jurassic Express. I anticipate the Young Bucks winning the tag championships and then losing them to FTR in their rubber match at All-In. That's something that I would like to see. So that might be something more of what I'd like to see opposed to what I will see. And you can even have a situation where FTR can be screwed out of their tag titles by the Young Bucks to help Red Dragon if they're in the same faction and they're getting along now. So you could go that way, but I thought the Young Bucks would be the most obvious choice a week ago, and I definitely feel that way now, particularly after this rampage. So, because I think you need FTR and the Young Bucks next, their next match to be for the AEW Championships. The fact that it was for the Ring of Honor Championships took a little bit away from that match. It still was a phenomenal match, the last FTR Bucks match. Both matches were great. I actually liked the first one more, and I know I'm in the minority. But I think that's because a lot of people who saw that match, they didn't know all the history that went into that feud when they were in different companies the years before. If you were paying real close attention to everything that happened with the with the Fuck the Revival to FTR, FTR was originally coined by being the elite when they were cease and desisted and saying Fuck the Revival. 
That's the origination and the genesis of FTR. It means fuck the revival. And now what they are for the revival, for the revolution, follow the rules, fuck the rest, whatever acronym you want to put. But FTR has gotten their name over. And I think AEW All Out, FTR, Young Bucks, that could be a main event. And I don't know if it would be, if particularly when CM Punk is likely to be back by then. But it would be a main event level tag title match. I would like to see those two teams should be the two teams that do main event a pay-per-view. Which, when was the last time a tag team championship match with legitimate tag teams? Not with... Shawn Michaels and Triple H versus Randy Orton and whatever for the tag titles, which we've, we've seen and things like that. But when you've had two legitimate tag teams, Heart Foundation Demolition, something like that, you've never seen that in a, in a major pay-per-view, at least to my knowledge. All you Jim Cornette fans might go back and be like, well, in 1987, Midnight Express did a Broadway with the Rock and Roll Express it was fantastic. Not the Fantastics. They were great, too. They were the greatest tag team ever. People don't even know about them. Fucking douchebags. Got a goddamn dinosaur champions now. I don't get it. That's my little Jim Cornette, everybody. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, so, <laughs> that would be what I'd want to see. So, then we have a squash match that happened. I think because it was not meant to be a squash match, but I think because of the injury, that might have preempted that match a little bit. They still wanted to give Team Taz a shine. They continue to push their tag team prowess and continue their feud. But it was very quick, and I didn't mind it because I'd rather that than a 10-minute match with because they, they squashed two guys. I don't even know their names. I forgot to get their names. It was so quick. So they squashed, and they had some promo stuff going on during it. It seemed very convoluted and very quick. But it was a good way to promote one of your tag teams, keep Team Taz in the tag team brain of their fans. And then it was time for CM Punk. CM Punk came out, and everyone was holding their breath. Would he be out for six months to nine months? Would he be out as long as Kenny is right now? Would he be completely derailed his, tag, his championship reign? Well, that's not what happened at all. So this really just could have been something that, they could have just announced while CM Punk is in commentary the following week. But it was a ratings grab. 1,000% was this a ratings grab. I think it was a way to put Tony in a good light after pretty much people gave MJF a standing ovation for going off on him. So perhaps this is a situation where trying to get Tony to look a little bit better, you have your most overpopular babyface CM Punk giving him a shout-out saying that, he believes in CM Punk, and there will be, in that vein, an interim champion. And it's going to be decided this Wednesday night on Dynamite. The winner of a battle royal that's going to open the show will then face John Moxley in the main event to decide the interim champion. And that interim champion is going to face whomever at all at a forbidden door. You would assume it would be Tanahashi since he looked like he was slated to face CM Punk, but they never made that match official. Is this a position where they actually do give, say they put Okada against whoever it is? That might change the deal because maybe you put the title on Okada. I don't think they would ever do that. I don't think you're putting your championship on a New Japan guy. Unless they can commit to Okada being there for a couple months. 
You know, there's no shame in having Kazuchika Okada as your champion, even though I don't think it would do the company all that well, to be completely honest. But it could work. I think a lot of people would be interested in it. But you could do a lot of things now. Is Tanahashi now definitely part of this equation? I don't know if he is. If John Moxley faces Tanahashi, that's a match that everyone has wanted to see for a while. They saw it in New Japan, but this would be something to see in the States. I'm not personally super excited about Tanahashi and Moxley because I don't love Moxley's matches. I know I'm sacrificial. This is all personality. If you love that kind of, you know, that kind of brutality and those kinds of matches, with, and I do like Moxley's matches. Moxley's matches are always really good. Let me rephrase. I don't love the brawling as much. I do love the violent, psychological aspects of Moxley's matches. But I think he and Tanahashi would have a fine match. But I just don't love Tanahashi either. He's not one of my favorites from New Japan. And I missed him when he had it in his heyday from a decade ago. I know he's had a lot of great moments since then. But it's been really the Kazuchika Okada and Tatsuya Naito show the last several years. And Bullet Club show, whoever the leader is there, whether it be Jay White, AJ Styles, Kenny Omega, whoever. But Okada has been the guy, and so has Naito. Tanahashi has taken quite a back seat. He's been a guy who's filled a lot of uh, secondary titles. So that's my only thing about Tanahashi. I don't love Tanahashi in that spot. I wasn't super excited about Tanahashi and CM Punk, but they only did it so Tanahashi, you know, Tanahashi's a, a big name there that they can let lose on that pay-per-view. That's the reason it was going to be Tanahashi. And I think we all know that. So now this might open up the door a little bit. Maybe somebody like John Moxley is something that they would let Tatsayo Naito lose to or somebody a little bit more interesting. But I think Forbidden Door is going to be great anyway. you got to include the Bullet Club and the Undisputed Elite. That's the storyline we're all interested in. That's the big storyline. The matches are going to write themselves. The classic matches between odd couples such as what Tanahashi and Punk would have been, those are going to write themselves. But what are we doing with the Bullet Club and the Undisputed Elite? Where's the storyline there? They've got three dynamites to tell that story. But to stick with the CM Punk vibe, even though I kind of went off on a tangent there, CM Punk will probably be doing a lot of commentary. He's going to have surgery very quickly. They did not say how long of a timetable he will be. If it's a broken foot, a clean broken foot, typically you could be out anywhere between six weeks to three months. And it looks like he'll be able to perform at All Out. He'll probably go after it. It's really not that big of a deal if you think about the storyline. Because all you can do is have whoever CM Punk was going to face at All Out, and a lot of people were speculating Brian Danielson, all you'd have to do is have either Danielson or Moxley either one of them face CM Punk at that pay-per-view and hopefully they turn he- the BCC turns heel by then. Cuz I think a heel Mox or a heel Danielson would be much cooler against a babyface Punk. And Punk's just popular enough to get them over his heels. That's what I'm hoping for and I'm hoping that they use Eddie Kingston as kind of the sacrificial lamb on that heel turn, which I think is going to happen. So, that being said, I don't think this is going to be a big deal. You're also going to get a lot of CM Punk commentary, and you're going to get things like that, which is going to be good, whether it be Rampage or even Dynamite, or both. Punk loves doing it. 
So we're going to get more commentary from CM Punk. I don't think this is going to be that big of a deal. And like I said before, I think the only pay-per-view he misses is Forbidden Door. And that's kind of an interesting, I don't want to use the word gimmicky, but there's definitely a lot of novelty to the Forbidden Door that CM Punk isn't necessarily needed. However, if Kenny Omega was going to be a surprise at Forbidden Door, which a lot of people are expecting, maybe you have Kenny Omega come back a little early to cut some promos and do something, but I don't know if he's ready, in-ring ready, though, to do something more than a run-in at this point in time, which I think is the big key, because Kenny's not going to go out there on a, on a pay-per-view in New Japan and not be at his best. We know that about Kenny. So I don't think Kenny's coming back to wrestle, but maybe you have him show up the Wednesday night before Forbidden Door or something just to pique the interest a little bit to get a little bit more star power considering you're missing CM Punk. But... Again, this is a novelty pay-per-view. The Forbidden Door with two championships against two companies. Really probably not going to have a lot of, other than the Undisputed Elite possibly, not a lot of shockwaves through storylines happening within the company itself. Either one. So that's why I think they can put this together in a few weeks and then go back to business as usual. And by that point in time, you're going to know exactly when CM Punk is going to be back. So this really wasn't a big deal. And the tweet was very foreboding. And I think it was a little bit of a, of a ratings grab for CM Punk. But look, the guy's been in business. He knows how to draw ratings. That might have been the case. And you know what? You saw a very, very good dynamite in the process, leading with one of the best tag team matches that you're going to see on television. Certainly better than the one that main evented SmackDown. I mean, if you watch SmackDown and that, and then you turn on Lucha Brothers and Young Bucks, you're saying, what the fuck? WWE, big nothing burger we're going to get. And then let's go into that. Rampage finished... Nothing special. Dante Martin challenged Scorpio Sky for the TNT Championship. Scorp won. Not a surprise there, but a very good match. So it was a great rampage. And now we go over to WWE. And I'm going to look. I was singing WWE's praises up until two weeks ago, folks. It was the best product they were putting out, particularly Raw. It was the best product they were putting out consistently for an extraordinary long time. And I'm predating even before AEW was in existence. Raw was knocking it out of the park. Everything with RK-Bro, even the stuff with Lashley is exciting. Kevin Owens and Ezekiel, Seth frickin' Rollins and Cody. I mean, Raw has been brilliant. I It was for about six weeks there, it was the best wrestling show on television. Then you take Roman Reigns out of the mix, you take Randy Orton out of the mix, and now it's a big fat nothing burger that I don't give a shit about outside of Cody and... Seth. And there's some good work happening here. No, no, no disrespect. Kevin Owens and Ezekiel is funny. It's always entertaining. The three women, Asuka, Becky Lynch, and Bianca Belair are fantastic. But Bianca's in all actuality going to win. And I think it was a good, decent build. But I'm not super excited about this match. Those are the two matches that I'm interested in. And the rest of the card is not very good. And I'm not probably going to watch this. I'm going to wait till the show's over where I can find where Seth Rollins and Cody are. And I'm going to watch that match. I'm assuming that's your main event. And it'll be the first time in Cody's career that they are putting the main event on him. And this might be a little bit of a litmus test of what kind of ratings and what kind of eyes are going to be on the product with Cody and Seth at the top of the card with really no support. So as we move on, we talk about Hell in a Cell tomorrow night. If you guys are excited, tomorrow night, 
hell in a cell. This pay-per-view was such a nothing burger. The Vladi Dali told me, hey, I'm just going to do a write-up. This pay-per-view was bullshit. Fuck WWE. He didn't say that. But this pay-per-view is a load of. It is a, it's a smackdown. It's not even a good one. It's, a, it's not actually, it's all raw peoples. For the, so this is a raw pay-per-view, which is... And that's the thing. Raw was such a good show a couple weeks ago, and now it's a Raw pay-per-view, but you don't have anybody from RK, bro. You don't have tag championships being defended. You don't have a world championship being defended. You have the women's championship, and that's it. Oh, yeah, the U.S. championship. With a crappy builded feud between Mustafa Ali and Theory. We'll start with there. Let's go right into Hell in a Cell predictions. Theory, Mustafa Ali, I think this is kind of a slam dunk. We obviously know Theory wins this one easily. He is the heir apparent. I think he holds his championship till at least SummerSlam. Then we go to Kevin Owens and Ezekiel. This is an interesting one, even though I don't care too much because it's not going to hurt either guy. Um, I think you would want to get Ezekiel over in his first big singles high-profile match. Did they wrestle last time, though? See, I don't know if Kevin Owens and Ezekiel wrestled yet. I don't think they did, did they? That's the thing about WWE. I don't remember because none of these things matter. You went from having doing a great job on Raw every single solitary week to making it, I don't care. I just do not give a shit. I don't care who wins this match between Kevin Owens and Ezekiel. I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick in this classic build, this amazing, passionate feud between Kevin Owens trying to figure out if Ezekiel is Elias. I think Ezekiel gets the win here to kind of give him a little bit of clout. Kevin Owens puts over Ezekiel. Kevin Owens is making a ton of money. He can take the win where Ezekiel might be a little tough. That's if I'm booking it with any common sense. It's WWE, but I'm going to still go with Ezekiel here over Kevin Owens. Then we then the card picks up okay, but it's nothing that's going to make me turn this on tomorrow night. We have Judgment Day against the Bull Live Club, I think they were calling it. I don't know what they're exact, if they have a little name. They haven't come out with any merchandise for it yet, so I think one of them are turning. And I don't know if it's best to be Balor or Morgan. I don't think AJ Styles turns here at all. Then again, he never beat Edge, so maybe he's going with the thing. If you can't beat him, join him. And I think Styles would look better in that secondary role opposed to Finn Balor. I think Finn Balor, I don't know. I just, AJ's booked himself. He's been booked such the last couple of years where he really isn't a top guy anymore. He's not a top draw anymore. So I think neither is Balor, though, either. It's not like Finn Balor's Mr. Popularity now. He's been booked into oblivion as well. But just their character, I feel like the, where the characters are at and where the characters have been, I think AJ makes more sense. But either way, I think one of them terms, and I think Judgment Day continues their domination – Liv Morgan would be my choice to turn out of them, to be completely honest with you, with her character and where her character has been. You know, she's never been a world champion, so it makes more sense for her to need that rub and to learn that darkness. You know what I mean? But 
Judgment Day wins either way. Then we go to the women's championship match. Bianca Belair, Becky Lynch, Asuka. Bianca Belair is not losing her title just yet. We will go with Bianca Belair. These women are doing a great job with what they're given. And I'm sure it's going to be a great match. But Bianca wins, and I don't really care too much about this match either. Becky is starting to just be silly. And it's not making a lot of sense. This David Bowie, whatever the fuck, is going on there. And then the really only match that is going to get me to turn on the Peacock Network tomorrow, and I'm assuming it's the top of the card. I mean, you look up and down this lineup. There's no way this is not the main event. You can make the argument for the women just because the title's involved, but I don't think there is any way you don't main event Cody and Seth. So I can wait. Literally, I can wait. This looks like it's going to be a two-hour show, by the way. I don't think it's going to be three hours. I mean, that'd be long. I mean, you got your. You could probably get an hour and 15 out of the three important matches. Yeah, there's no, there's no way this is a two-hour. This is a three-hour event. Maybe two and a half. Like, it doesn't matter now because uh, they don't have a block on pay-per-view. They have a block on a streaming service, so it's a little different. Cody and Seth. They're going to be in the Hell in the Cell. And this one was interesting because do they continue the Cody build? Do they continue that fire? And do they beat Seth Rollins three times in a row? I just can't pull the trigger on that. I think it's going to be a little bit of a bump in the road for Cody, who's undefeated since being in WWE. It's going to be a little bit of a bump in the road. Seth does it in a very nefarious way where it, where it saves Cody from being buried. And people are still going to say Cody's buried. But if you're not giving him the title shot until much later in the year, now with the ascension of RK-Bro both probably facing Roman in their popularity, you don't have to put Cody at SummerSlam. You can wait till Royal Rumble. If The Rock isn't there, isn't coming, which isn't as much of a slam dunk as sound, it sounds like it's not as much of a slam dunk as it was a few months ago. If The Rock isn't there, then that's, your, that's what you do. You have Cody win the Royal Rumble. He goes after Roman a couple times. Roman always denies it. Roman always says no way. And then Cody has to do it the old-fashioned way. He's got to go like the stars used to back in the day. Your big stars that you're crowning should be crowned at WrestleMania. That's how they built stars. You go back to Shawn Michaels. You go back to Stone Cold Steve Austin. You go to even Brock Lesnar to a certain extent, even though he was champion beforehand. They have those WrestleMania moments where they're coming out part of their crown. They are the new guy. They haven't done that in a while. They really, really haven't. This could be that moment if The Rock doesn't come back. And if The Rock does come back, then have him beat Roman at the Royal Rumble instead. Or have him win money in the bank. And if he wins money in the bank, maybe that's what he does. He calls his shot. He says he wants Roman for WrestleMania. And then you can have Cody fight. They can come up with a thing where, no, the winner of the Royal Rumble gets a shot at WrestleMania. So maybe he has a trip. Maybe Cody has a triple threat match. Who knows? But, the, but now you can give Cody a loss in a nefarious way to a guy like Seth Rollins... He still will have two out of three at Seth. 
which is still a feat. He loses in a way where he probably should have won the match, but something screwed up happens. Seth wins it that way. And Seth cheats or whatever. Something crazy happens. The Fiend comes back and costs Cody. You can have Cody feud with The Fiend for a few months where they fight at SummerSlam. Cody beats The Fiend. That keeps Cody busy from that championship. And then you can kind of slowly build from SummerSlam on Cody going after the championship after that. Or maybe he feuds with The Fiend for up until the next pay-per-view. And, you, and then you start really at, at Survivor Series or in the fall. So those are the things you can do with Cody where he can sustain this loss with Seth Rollins because I don't think that they are now looking to crown him that quickly. I think they're waiting to crown him later this year or maybe even wait till next year's WrestleMania. So the rundown, Seth freaking Rollins, Bianca Belair, Judgment Day. I forgot Bobby Lashley and Omos against him and MVP. Omos and MVP. I'm tiring of that as well. So we'll do the rundown. Totally forgot about that, folks. I just don't think it would make a lot of sense for Omos to lose when he has an advantage. I forgot about that match because I didn't care. So we got Cody losing to Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins is your victor. Bianca Belair winning her match against Asuka and Becky Lynch. Amos and MVP beat Bobby Lashley and... An uphill fight for Lashley. Ezekiel beats Kevin Owens. Theory beats Mustafa Ali. And Judgment Day pulls out on top. Those are your picks. And that is exactly what you got in the world of professional wrestling here on Saturday, June 4th, 2022. Check out Hell in a Cell. Please, hey, like us, subscribe us. And, and please start dialogue. I'd love to hear from everybody. I love talking professional wrestling. And I always do it in a respectful way. Um... Unless I'm here. But if I'm talking to somebody and they're telling me their opinions, I'm respectful. We will never discredit what you say. And we'll never talk down to any of our listeners or anybody that watches us. We love you. And we love talking professional wrestling. And we can have different opinions and not, you're a fucking Mark, man. I just hate that. You're so stupid. I can't believe you like the Young Bucks, you fucking Mark. The Young Bucks just go out there and have one of the best matches of the night every single time they go out. And I'm not usually a fan of the flippity-dippity shit, folks. I'm really not. But every time they have a match, it's great. It really is. Yeah, you can find a six-man tag where, like, the one where they dressed up like the Ghostbusters where it was silly. Or the one they dressed up, you know, with the gimmicky ones. But when they have a serious tag team type match, whether it's for a title or not, it's always excellent. And nobody can deny And if you really even just use your brain a little bit and watch it and have a little bit of an open mind when I say use your brain, they do tell stories. They do. Yeah, they do the flippity-dippity shit that, everyone, that a lot of people can't stand. I get that. But... At the end of the day, they tell great stories and they have great matches. So, little respect to the Young Bucks right there. And that's the way we're going to end the show here, folks. Hope you enjoyed it. This is Silicon Steve Valley Moment in the Valley, brought to you by High Spots and Cheap Pops. And it's going to be interesting to see where Vladi Dottie, where he picks right now. I am the going to be the longest reigning High Spots and Pickums champion. I got the purple nurple. It's a beautiful purple championship. That is the symbol of excellence in terms of 
prognostication when it comes to the world of professional wrestling. Those are my picks. Hope you guys enjoyed it. A little commentary on CM Punk. Thanks so much, folks. We will talk to you very soon. This is Silicon City Valley for High Spots and Cheap Pops. This has been your moment in the valley. So here ended the lesson.